0: Chapter Six of Ten Days That Shook the World. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Benson. Ten Days That Shook the World by John Reed. Chapter Six The Committee for Salvation. Friday, November Ninth. Novotchikask, November Eighth. In view of the revolt of the Bolsheviki and their attempt to depose the provisional government and to seize the power in Petrograd, the Cossack government declares that it considers these acts criminal and absolutely inadmissible. In consequence, the Cossacks will lend all their support to the provisional government, which is a government of coalition. Because of these circumstances and until the return of the provisional government to power and the restoration of order in Russia, I take upon myself beginning November 7th, all the power in that which concerns the region of the Don. Signed, Ataman Kaledin, President of the Government of the Cossack Troops. Prikaz of the Minister-President Kerensky, dated at Gatchina. I, Minister-President of the Provisional Government and Supreme Commander of all the armed forces of the Russian Republic, declare that I am at the head of regiments from the front who have remained faithful to the fatherland i order all the troops of the military district of petrograd who through mistake or folly have answered the appeal of the traitors to the country and the revolution to return to their duty without delay this order shall be read in all regiments battalions and squadrons signed minister president of the provisional government and supreme commander a f kerensky telegram from kerensky to the general in command of the northern front the town of Gatchina has been taken by the loyal regiments without bloodshed. Detachments of Kronstadt sailors and of the Semyonovsky and Ismailovsky regiments gave up their arms without resistance and joined the government troops. I order all the designated units to advance as quickly as possible. The Military Revolutionary Committee has ordered its troops to retreat. Gatchina, about 30 kilometers southwest, had fallen during the night detachments of the two regiments mentioned not the sailors while wandering captainless in the neighbourhood had indeed been surrounded by cossacks and given up their arms but it was not true that they had joined the government troops at this very moment crowds of them bewildered and ashamed were up at smolny trying to explain they did not think the cossacks were so near they had tried to argue with the cossacks apparently the greatest confusion prevailed along the revolutionary front the garrisons of all the little towns southward had split hopelessly bitterly into two factions or three the high command being on the side of kerensky in default of anything stronger the majority of the rank and file with the soviets and the rest unhappily wavering hastily the military revolutionary committee appointed to command the defence of petrograd an ambitious regular army captain muravyov the same Muraviov who had organized the death battalions during the summer and had once been heard to advise the government that it was too lenient with the bolsheviki they must be wiped out a man of military mind who admired power and audacity perhaps sincerely beside my door when i came down in the morning were posted two new orders of the military revolutionary committee directing that all shops and stores should open as usual and that all empty rooms and apartments should be put at the disposal of the committee. For thirty-six hours now, the Bolsheviki had been cut off from provincial Russia and the outside world. The railwaymen and telegraphers refused to transmit their dispatches. The postmen would not handle their mail. Only the government wireless at Saskoyeselo launched half-hourly bulletins and manifestos to the four corners of heaven. The commissars of Smolny, Raced the commissars of the city Duma on speeding trains half across the earth, and two aeroplanes laden with propaganda fled high up toward the front. But the eddies of insurrection were spreading through Russia with a swiftness surpassing any human agency. Helsingfors Soviet passed resolutions of support. Kiev Bolsheviki captured the arsenal and telegraph station only to be driven out by delegates to the Congress of Cossacks which happened to be meeting there in kazan a military revolutionary committee arrested the local garrison staff and the commissar of the provisional government from far krasnoyarsk in siberia came news that the soviets were in control of the municipal institutions at moscow where the situation was aggravated by a great strike of leather workers on one side and a threat of general lockout on the other the soviets had voted overwhelmingly to support the action of the bolsheviki in petrograd already a military revolutionary committee was functioning elsewhere the same thing happened the common soldiers and the industrial workers supported the soviets by a vast majority the officers yunkers and middle class generally were on the side of the government as were the bourgeois cadets and the moderate socialist parties In all these towns sprang up Committees for Salvation of Country and Revolution, arming for civil war. Vast Russia was in a state of solution. As long ago as 1905 the process had begun, the March Revolution had merely hastened it, and giving birth to a sort of forecast of the new order had ended by merely perpetuating the hollow structure of the old regime. Now, however, the Bolsheviki in one night had dissipated it, as one blows away smoke. Old Russia was no more. Human society flowed molten in primal heat, and from the tossing sea of flame was emerging the class struggle, stark and pitiless, and the fragile, slowly cooling crust of new planets. In Petrograd, sixteen ministries were on strike, led by the ministries of labour and of supplies, the only two created by the all-socialist government of August. If ever men stood alone, the handful of Bolsheviks apparently stood alone that gray, chill morning, with all storms towering over them. See Appendix Six, Section One. Back against the wall, the Military Revolutionary Committee struck for its life. De l'audace encore de l'audace et toujours de l'audace. At five in the morning, the Red Guards entered the printing office of the city government confiscated thousands of copies of the appeal protest of the Duma and suppressed the official municipal organ, the Viesnik gorodskova Samopravlenia, Bulletin of the Municipal Self-Government. All the bourgeois newspapers were torn from the presses, even the Golos Soldata, Journal of the Old Cheika, which, however, changing its name to Soldatsky Golos, appeared in an edition of a hundred thousand copies, bellowing rage and defiance the men who began their stroke of treachery in the night who have suppressed the newspapers will not keep the country in ignorance long the country will know the truth it will appreciate you messieurs the bolsheviki we shall see as we came down the nevsky a little after midday the whole street before the duma building was crowded with people here and there stood red guards and sailors with bayoneted rifles each one surrounded by about a hundred men and women clerks students shopkeepers chinovniki shaking their fists and bawling insults and menaces on the steps stood boy scouts and officers distributing copies of the soldatsky a workman with a red band around his arm and a revolver in his hand stood trembling with rage and nervousness in the middle of a hostile throng at the foot of the stairs demanding the surrender of the papers nothing like this i imagine ever occurred in history on one side a handful of workmen and common soldiers with arms in their hands representing a victorious insurrection and perfectly miserable on the other a frantic mob made up of the kind of people that crowd the sidewalks of fifth avenue at noontime sneering abusing shouting traitors provocators Oprichniki. Savage Bodyguards of Ivan the Terrible, 17th Century. End footnote. The doors were guarded by students and officers with white armbands lettered in red, militia of the Committee of Public Safety, and half a dozen boy scouts came and went. Upstairs the place was all commotion. Captain Gomberg was coming down the stairs. They're going to dissolve the Duma, he said. The Bolshevik Commissar is with the mayor now. As we reached the top, riazanov came hurrying out he had been to demand that the duma recognize the council of people's commissars and the mayor had given him a flat refusal in the offices a great babbling crowd hurrying shouting gesticulating government officials intellectuals journalists foreign correspondents french and british officers the city engineer pointed to them triumphantly the embassies recognize the duma as the only power now he explained for these bolshevik murderers and robbers it is only a question of hours. all russia is rallying to us in the alexander hall a monster meeting of the committee for salvation filipovsky in the chair and skobeliev again in the tribune reporting to immense applause new adhesions to the committee executive committee of peasant soviets old Central Army Committee, Centroflot, Menshevik, Socialist Revolutionary and Front Group Delegates from the Congress of Soviets, Central Committees of the Menshevik, Socialist Revolutionary, Populist Socialist Parties, Yedinstvo Group, Peasants Union, Cooperatives, Zemstvos, Municipalities, Post and Telegraph Unions, Vichel, Council of the Russian Republic, Union of Unions, merchants and manufacturers association see notes and explanations the power of the soviets is not democratic power but a dictatorship and not the dictatorship of the proletariat but against the proletariat all those who have felt or know how to feel revolutionary enthusiasm must join now for the defense of the revolution the problem of the day is not only to render harmless irresponsible demagogues but to fight against the counter-revolution. If rumours are true that certain generals in the provinces are attempting to profit by events in order to march on Petrograd with other designs, it is only one more proof that we must establish a solid base of democratic government. Otherwise, troubles with the right will follow troubles from the left. The garrison of Petrograd cannot remain indifferent when citizens buying the golos soldata and newsboys selling the Rabochaya gazetta. Are arrested in the streets the hour of resolutions has passed let those who have no longer faith in the revolution retire to establish a united power we must again restore the prestige of the revolution let us swear that either the revolution shall be saved or we shall perish the hall rose cheering with kindling eyes there was not a single proletarian anywhere in sight then weinstein We must remain calm and not act until public opinion is firmly grouped in support of the Committee for Salvation. Then we can pass from the defensive to action. The Vichel representative announced that his organization was taking the initiative in forming the new government, and its delegates were now discussing the matter with Smolny. Followed a hot discussion. Were the Bolsheviki to be admitted to the new government? Martov pleaded for their admission. After all, he said, they represented an important political party opinions were very much divided upon this the right-wing Mensheviki and socialist revolutionaries as well as the populist socialists the cooperatives and the bourgeois elements being bitterly against they have betrayed russia one speaker said they have started civil war and opened the front to the germans the bolsheviki must be mercilessly crushed Skubeliev was in favor of excluding both the Bolsheviki and the cadets we got into conversation with a young socialist revolutionary who had walked out of the democratic conference together with the Bolsheviki that night when ceratelli and the compromisers forced coalition upon the democracy of russia you here i asked him his eyes flashed fire yes he cried i left the congress with my party wednesday night i have not risked my life for twenty years and more to submit now to the tyranny of the dark people their methods are intolerable but they have not counted on the peasants when the peasants begin to act then it's a question of minutes before they're done for but the peasants will they act doesn't the land decree settle the peasants what more do they want ah the land decree he said furiously yes do you know what that land decree is it's our decree it's the socialist revolutionary programme intact my party framed that policy after the most careful compilation of the wishes of the peasants themselves it's an outrage but if it's your own policy why do you object if it's the peasants wishes why will they oppose it you don't understand don't you see that the peasants will immediately realize that it's all a trick that these usurpers have stolen the socialist revolutionary program i asked if it were true that Kaledin was marching north he nodded and rubbed his hands with a sort of bitter satisfaction yes now you see what these bolsheviki have done they have raised the counter-revolution against us the revolution is lost but won't you defend the revolution of course we will defend it to the last drop of our blood but we won't cooperate with the bolsheviki in any way but if Kaledin comes to petrograd and the bolsheviki defend the city won't you join with them of course not we'll defend the city also but we won't support the bolsheviki Kalidin is the enemy of the revolution but the bolsheviki are equally enemies of the revolution which do you prefer Kalidin or the bolsheviki it's not a question to be discussed he burst out impatiently i tell you the revolution is lost and it is the bolsheviki who are to blame but listen why should we talk of such things kerensky is coming day after tomorrow we shall pass to the offensive already smolny has sent delegates inviting us to form a new government but we have them now they are absolutely impotent we shall not cooperate. outside there was a shot we ran to the windows a red guard finally exasperated by the taunts of the crowd had shot into it wounding a young girl in the arm we could see her being lifted into a cab surrounded by an excited throng the clamour of whose voices floated up to us as we looked suddenly an armoured automobile appeared around the corner of the mihailovsky His guns slung this way and that immediately the crowd began to run as petrograd crowds do falling down and lying still in the street piled in the gutters heaped up behind telephone poles the car lumbered up to the steps of the duma and a man stuck his head out of the turret demanding the surrender of the soldatsky golos the boy scouts jeered and scuttled into the building After a moment, the automobile wheeled undecidedly around and went off up the Nevsky, while some hundreds of men and women picked themselves up and began to dust their clothes. Inside was a prodigious running about of people with armfuls of soldatsky golos, looking for places to hide them. A journalist came running into the room, waving a paper. "'Here's a proclamation from Krasnov!' he cried. Everybody crowded around. "'Get it printed quick and around to the barracks!' By the order of the supreme commander, I am appointed commandant of the troops concentrated under Petrograd. Citizens, soldiers, valorous Cossacks of the Don, of the Kuban, of the Transbaikal, of the Amur, of the Yenisei, to all you who have remained faithful to your oath I appeal, to you who have sworn to guard inviolable your oath of Cossack, I call upon you to save Petrograd from anarchy, from famine, from tyranny, and to save russia from the indelible shame to which a handful of ignorant men bought by the god of wilhelm are trying to submit her the provisional government to which you swore fidelity in the great days of march is not overthrown but by violence expelled from the edifice in which it held its meetings however the government with the help of the front armies faithful to their duty with the help of the council of cossacks which has united under its command all the cossacks and which strong with the morale which reigns in its ranks and acting in accordance with the will of the russian people has sworn to serve the country as its ancestors served it in the troublous times of sixteen twelve when the cossacks of the don delivered moscow menaced by the swedes the poles and the lithuanians your government still exists the active army considers these criminals with horror and contempt their acts of vandalism and pillage their crimes the German mentality with which they regard Russia, stricken down but not yet surrendered, have alienated from them the entire people. Citizens, soldiers, valorous Cossacks of the garrison of Petrograd, send me your delegates so that I may know who are traitors to their country and who are not, that there may be avoided an effusion of innocent blood. Almost the same moment word ran from group to group that the building was surrounded by red guards. An officer strode in, a red band around his arm demanding the mayor a few minutes later he left and old strider came out of his office red and pale by turns a special meeting of the duma he cried immediately in the big hall proceedings were halted all members of the duma for a special meeting what's the matter i don't know going to arrest us going to dissolve the duma arresting members at the door so ran the excited comments In the Nikolai Hall there was barely room to stand. The mayor announced that troops were stationed at all the doors, prohibiting all exit and entrance, and that a commissar had threatened arrest and dispersal of the municipal Duma. A flood of impassioned speeches from members and even from the galleries responded. The freely elected city government could not be dissolved by any power. The mayor's person and that of all the members were inviolable the tyrants the provocators the german agents should never be recognized as for these threats to dissolve us let them try only over our dead bodies shall they seize this chamber where like the roman senators of old we await with dignity the coming of the goths resolution to inform the dumas and semsfos of all russia by telegraph resolution that it was impossible for the mayor or the chairman of the duma to enter into any relations whatever with the representatives of the military revolutionary committee or with the so-called council of people's commissars resolution to address another appeal to the population of petrograd to stand up for the defence of their elected town government resolution to remain in permanent session in the meanwhile one member arrived with the information that he had telephoned to smolny and that the military revolutionary committee said that no orders had been given to surround the duma that the troops would be withdrawn as we went downstairs ryazanov burst in through the front door very agitated are you going to dissolve the duma i asked my god no he answered it's all a mistake i told the mayor this morning that the duma would be left alone out on the Nevsky, in the deepening dusk a long double file of cyclists came riding guns slung on their shoulders they halted and the crowd pressed in and deluged them with questions who are you where do you come from asked a fat old man with a cigar in his mouth twelfth army from the front we came to support the soviets against the dam bourgeoisie ah were furious cries bolshevik gendarmes bolshevik cossacks a little officer in a leather coat came running down the steps The garrison is turning he muttered in my ear it's the beginning of the end of the bolsheviki do you want to see the turn of the tide come on he started at a half trot up the Mikhailovsky, and we followed what regiment is it the brunoviki here was indeed serious trouble the brunoviki were the armored car troops the key to the situation whoever controlled the brunoviki controlled the city the commissars of the committee for salvation and the duma have been talking to them there's a meeting on to decide decide what which side they'll fight on oh no that's not the way to do it they'll never fight against the bolsheviki they will vote to remain neutral and then the yunkers and the cossacks the door of the great mihailovsky riding school yawned blackly two sentinels tried to stop us but we brushed by hurriedly deaf to their indignant expostulations inside only a single arc light burned dimly high up near the roof of the enormous hall whose lofty pilasters and rows of windows vanished in the gloom around dimly squatted the monstrous shapes of the armoured cars one stood alone in the centre of the place under the light and round it were gathered some two thousand dung-coloured soldiers almost lost in the immensity of that imperial building a dozen men officers chairmen of the soldiers committees and speakers were perched on top of the car and from the central turret a soldier was speaking this was Kanjunov, who had been present of last summer's all-russian congress of brunovaki a lithe handsome figure in his leather coat with lieutenant's shoulder straps he stood pleading eloquently for neutrality it's an awful thing he said for russians to kill their russian brothers there must not be civil war between soldiers who stood shoulder to shoulder against the czar and conquered the foreign enemy in battles which will go down in history what have we soldiers got to do with these squabbles of political parties i will not say to you that the provisional government was a democratic government we want no coalition with the bourgeoisie no but we must have a government of the united democracy or russia is lost with such a government there will be no need for civil war and the killing of brother by brother this sounded reasonable the great hall echoed to the crash of hands and voices a soldier climbed up his face white and strained comrades he cried i come from the Rumanian front to urgently tell you all there must be peace peace at once whoever can give us peace whether it be the bolsheviki or this new government we will follow peace we at the front cannot fight any longer we cannot fight either germans or russians with that he leapt down and a sort of confused agonized sound rose up from all that surging mass which burst into something like anger when the next speaker a menshevik oboronets tried to say that the war must go on until the allies were victorious you talk like kerensky shouted a rough voice a duma delegate pleading for neutrality him they listened to muttering uneasily feeling him not one of them never have i seen men trying so hard to understand to decide they never moved stood staring with a sort of terrible intentness at the speaker their brows wrinkled with the effort of thought sweat standing out on their foreheads great giants of men with the innocent clear eyes of children and the faces of epic warriors now a bolshevik was speaking one of their own men violently full of hate they liked him no more than the other It was not their mood for the moment they were lifted out of the ordinary run of common thoughts thinking in terms of russia of socialism the world as if it depended on them whether the revolution were to live or die speaker succeeded speaker debating amid tense silence roars of approval or anger should we come out or not kanjanoff returned persuasive and sympathetic but wasn't he an officer and an oboranotz however much he talked of peace then a workman from Vasily put But him they greeted with, and are you going to give us peace, working man? Near us some men, many of them officers, formed a sort of clack to cheer the advocates of neutrality. They kept shouting, Kanjinov, Kanjinov, and whistled insultingly when the Bolsheviki tried to speak. Suddenly the committee men and officers on top of the automobile began to discuss something with great heat and much gesticulation the audience shouted to know what was the matter and all the great mass tossed and stirred a soldier held back by one of the officers wrenched himself loose and held up his hand comrades he cried comrade Krylenko is here and wants to speak to us an outburst of cheers whistling yells of prosim prosim Dolbi. go ahead go ahead down with him in the midst of which the people's commissar for military affairs clambered up the side of the car helped by hands before and behind pushed and pulled from below and above rising he stood for a moment and then walked out on to the radiator put his hands on his hips and looked around smiling a squat short-legged figure bareheaded, without insignia on his uniform the clack near me kept of a fearful shouting kanjanoff we want kanjanoff down with him shut up down with the traitor The whole place seethed and roared then it began to move like an avalanche bearing down upon us, great black-browed men forcing their way through. Who's breaking up our meeting? They shouted. Who's whistling here? The clack, rudely burst asunder, went flying nor did it gather again. Comrade soldiers began Krylenko in a voice husky with fatigue, I cannot speak well to you. I'm sorry, but I have not had any sleep for four nights i don't need to tell you that i'm a soldier i don't need to tell you that i want peace what i must say is that the bolshevik party successful in the workers and soldiers revolution by the help of you and all of the rest of the brave comrades who have hurled down for ever the power of the bloodthirsty bourgeoisie promised to offer peace to all the peoples and that has already been done to-day tumultuous applause you are asked to remain neutral to remain neutral while the yonkers and the death battalions who are never neutral shoot us down in the streets and bring back to petrograd kerensky or perhaps some other of the gang kaledin is marching from the don kerensky is coming from the front kornilov is raising the Techinsky to repeat his attempt of august all these mensheviki and socialist revolutionaries who call upon you now to prevent civil war how have they retained the power except by civil war that civil war which has endured ever since last july and in which they constantly stood on the side of the bourgeoisie as they do now how can i persuade you if you have made up your minds the question is very plain on one side are kerensky kaladin kornilov the Mensheviki, socialist revolutionaries cadets dumas officers they tell us that their objects are good on the other side are the workers the soldiers and sailors the poorest peasants the government is in your hands you are the masters great russia belongs to you will you give it back while he spoke he kept himself up by sheer evident effort of will and as he went on the deep sincere feeling back of his words broke through the tired voice at the end he tottered almost falling a hundred hands reached up to help him down and the great dim spaces of the hall gave back the surf of sound that beat upon him. Kanjinov tried to speak again, But vote, 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 they cried. At length, giving in, he read the resolution, that the Brunoviki withdraw their representative from the Military Revolutionary Committee and declare their neutrality in the present civil war. All those in favour should go to the right, those opposed to the left. There was a moment of hesitation a still expectancy and then the crowd began to surge faster and faster stumbling over one another to the left hundreds of big soldiers in a solid mass rushing across the dirt floor in the faint light near us about fifty men were left stranded stubbornly in favour and even as the high roof shook under the shock of victorious roaring they turned and rapidly walked out of the building and some of them out of the revolution Imagine this struggle being repeated in every barracks of the city, the district, the whole front, all Russia. Imagine the sleepless Krylenkos, watching the regiments, hurrying from place to place, arguing, threatening and treating. And then, imagine the same in all the locals of every labour union, in the factories, the villages, on the battleships of the far-flung Russian fleets. Think of the hundreds of thousands of Russian men staring up at speakers all over the vast country workmen peasants soldiers sailors trying so hard to understand and to choose thinking so intensely and deciding so unanimously at the end so was the russian revolution up at smolny the new council of people's commissars was not idle already the first decree was on the presses to be circulated in thousands through the city streets that night and shipped in bales by every train southward and east. In the name of the government of the Russian Republic, chosen by the All-Russian Congress of Soviets of workers and soldiers deputies, with participation of peasant deputies, the Council of Peoples Commissars decrees 1. The elections for the Constituent Assembly shall take place at the date determined upon, November twelfth. 2. All electoral commissions, organs of local self-government, soviets of workers soldiers and peasants deputies and soldiers organizations on the front should make every effort to assure free and regular elections at the date determined upon in the name of the government of the russian republic the president of the council of people's commissars vladimir ulyanov lenin in the municipal building the duma was in full blast a member of the council of the republic was talking as we came in the council he said did not consider itself dissolved at all but merely unable to continue its labours until it secured a new meeting-place in the meanwhile its committee of elders had determined to enter en masse the committee for salvation this i may remark parenthetically is the last time that history mentions the council of the russian republic then followed the customary string of delegates from the ministries the vichel the union of posts and telegraphs For the hundredth time, reiterating their determination not to work for the Bolshevik usurpers. A yunker who had been in the Winter Palace told a highly coloured tale of the heroism of himself and his comrades and disgraceful conduct of the Red Guards, all of which was devoutly believed. Somebody read aloud an account of the socialist revolutionary paper Narod, which stated that five hundred million rubles damage had been done in the Winter Palace and describing in great detail the loot and breakage from time to time couriers came from the telephone with news the four socialist ministers had been released from prison Krylenko had gone to peter paul to tell admiral verderevsky that the ministry of marine was deserted and to beg him for the sake of russia to take charge under the authority of the council of people's commissars and the old seaman had consented kerensky was advancing north from the bolshevik garrisons falling back before him Smolny had issued another decree enlarging the powers of the city dumas to deal with food and supplies this last piece of insolence caused an outburst of fury he lenin the usurper the tyrant whose commissars had seized the municipal garage entered the municipal warehouses were interfering with the supply committees and the distribution of food He presumed to define the limits of the power of the free, independent, autonomous city government. One member, shaking his fist, moved to cut off the food of the city if the Bolsheviki dared to interfere with the supply committees. Another, representative of the special supply committee, reported that the food situation was very grave and asked that emissaries be sent out to hasten food trains. Diodonenko announced dramatically that the garrison was wavering the semyonovsky regiment had already decided to submit to the orders of the socialist revolutionary party the crews of the torpedo boats on the neva were shaky seven members were at once appointed to continue the propaganda then the old mayor stepped into the tribune comrades and citizens i have just learned that the prisoners in peter paul are in danger fourteen yunkers of the pavlov school have been stripped and tortured by the Bolshevik guards one has gone mad They are threatening to lynch the ministers there was a whirlwind of indignation and horror which only grew more violent when a stocky little woman dressed in grey demanded the floor and lifted up her hard metallic voice this was vera slutskaya veteran revolutionist and bolshevik member of the duma that is a lie and a provocation she said unmoved at the torrent of abuse their workers and peasants government which has abolished the death penalty cannot permit such deeds we demand that this story be investigated at once if there is any truth in it the government will take energetic measures a commission composed of members of all parties was immediately appointed and with the mayor sent to peter paul to investigate as we followed them out the duma was appointing another commission to meet Kerensky, to try and avoid bloodshed when he entered the capital it was midnight when we bluffed our way past the guards at the gate of the fortress and went forward under the faint glimmer of rare electric lights along the side of the church where lie the tombs of the tsars beneath the slender golden spire and the chimes which for months continued to play burje sariya Khrani, god save the tsar every day at noon the place was deserted in most of the windows there were not even lights occasionally we bumped into a burly figure stumbling along in the dark who answered questions with the usual ya graphic passed to read from department of prisons translation passed from the department of prisons of the soviet government to visit freely all prisons of petrograd and kronstadt commissar chief bureau of prisons 6th of november 1917 number two one three petrograd smolny institute room number fifty six pass to the representative of the american socialist press john reed to visit all places of confinement in the cities of petrograd and Kronstadt for the purpose of generally investigating the condition of the prisoners and for thorough social information for the purpose of stopping the flood of newspaper lies against democracy chief commissar secretary on the left loomed the low dark outline of trebetskoy bastion that living grave in which so many martyrs of liberty had lost their lives or their reason in the days of the czar where the provisional government had in turn shut up the ministers of the czar and now the bolsheviki had shut up the ministers of the provisional government a friendly sailor led us to the office of the commandant in a little house near the mint half a dozen red guards sailors and soldiers were sitting around a hot room full of smoke in which a samovar steamed cheerfully they welcomed us with great cordiality offering tea the commandant was not in he was escorting a commission of sabotageurs from the city duma who insisted that the yonkers were all being murdered this seemed to amuse them very much at one side of the room sat a bald-headed dissipated-looking little man in a frock coat and a rich fur coat biting his moustache and staring around him like a cornered rat he had just been arrested somebody said glancing carelessly at him that he was a minister or something the little man didn't seem to hear it he was evidently terrified although the occupants of the room showed no animosity whatever toward him i went across and spoke to him in french count tolstoy He answered bowing stiffly i do not understand why i was arrested i was crossing the troitsky bridge on my way home when two of these of these persons held me up i was a commissar of the provisional government attached to the general staff but in no sense a member of the government let him go said a sailor he's harmless no responded the soldier who had brought the prisoner we must ask the commandant oh the commandant sneered the sailor what did you make a revolution for to go on obeying officers a praporshchik of the pavlovsky regiment was telling us how the insurrection started the polk regiment was on duty at the general staff the night of the sixth some of my comrades and i were standing guard even Pavlovich and another man i don't remember his name well they hid behind the window curtains in the room where the staff was having a meeting and they heard a great many things for example they heard orders to bring the gatchina yunkers to petrograd by night and an order for the cossacks to be ready to march in the morning the principal points in the city were to be occupied before dawn then there was the business of opening the bridges but when they began to talk about surrounding smolny then even pavlovitch couldn't stand it any longer that minute there was a good deal of coming and going so he slipped out and came down to the guard-room leaving the other comrade to pick up what he could "'I was already suspicious that something was going on. "'Automobiles full of officers kept coming, "'and all the ministers were there. "'Even Pavlovitch told me what he had heard. "'It was half-past two in the morning. "'The secretary of the regimental committee was there, "'so he told him and asked what to do. "'Arrest everybody coming and going,' he says. "'So we began to do it. "'In an hour we had some officers and a couple of ministers "'whom we sent up to Smolny right away. "'But the military revolutionary committee wasn't ready.' They didn't know what to do, and pretty soon back came the order to let everybody go and not arrest anybody else. Well, we ran all the way to Smolny, and I guess we talked for an hour before they finally saw that it was war. It was five o'clock when we got back to the staff, and by that time most of them were gone, but we got a few, and the garrison was all on the march. A red guard from Vasily Ostroff described in great detail what had happened in his district on the great day of the rising, we didn't have any machine-guns over there he said laughing and we couldn't get any from smolny comrade zalking who was a member of the uprava central bureau of the Warduma, remembered all at once that there was lying in the meeting-room of the uprava a machine-gun which had been captured from the germans so he and i and another comrade went there the and socialist revolutionaries were having a meeting well we opened the door and walked right in on them as they sat around the table twelve or fifteen of them three of us when they saw us they stopped talking and just stared we walked right across the room uncoupled the machine gun comrade zalking picked up one part i the other we put them on our shoulders and walked out and not a single man said a word do you know how the winter palace was captured asked a third man a sailor along about eleven o'clock we found out there weren't any more yonkers on the naver side so we broke in the doors and filtered up the different stairways one by one, or in little bunches. When we got to the top of the stairs, the youngers held us up and took away our guns. Still our fellows kept coming up, little by little, until we had a majority. Then we turned around and took away the youngers' guns. Just then the commandant entered, a merry-looking young non-commissioned officer with his arm in a sling, and deep circles of sleeplessness under his eyes. His eye fell first on the prisoner, who at once began to explain. "'Oh, yes,' interrupted the other. "'You were one of the committee who refused to surrender the staff Wednesday afternoon. However, we don't want you, citizen. Apologies.' He opened the door and waved his arm for Count Tolstoy to leave. Several of the others, especially the Red Guards, grumbled protests, and the sailor remarked triumphantly, "'What? There! Didn't I say so?' two soldiers now engaged his attention they had been elected a committee of the fortress garrison to protest the prisoners they said were getting the same food as the guards when there wasn't even enough to keep a man from being hungry why should the counter revolutionists be treated so well we are revolutionists comrades not bandits answered the commandant he turned to us we explained that rumours were going about that the yonkers were being tortured and the lives of the ministers threatened could we perhaps see the prisoners so as to be able to prove to the world no said the young soldier irritably i'm not going to disturb the prisoners again i've just been compelled to wake them up they were sure we were going to massacre them most of the yonkers have been released anyway and the rest will go out to-morrow he turned abruptly away could we talk to the duma commission then the commandant who was pouring himself a glass of tea nodded they're still out in the hall he said carelessly indeed they stood there just outside the door in the feeble light of an oil lamp grouped around the mayor and talking excitedly mr mayor i said we are american correspondents will you please tell us officially the result of your investigations he turned to us his face of venerable dignity there's no truth in the reports he said slowly except for the incidents which occurred as the ministers were being brought here they have been treated with every consideration as for the yonkers not one has received the slightest injury up the nevsky in the empty after midnight gloom an interminable column of soldiers shuffled in silence to battle with kerensky in dim back streets automobiles without lights flitted to and fro and there was furtive activity in fontanka six headquarters of the peasant soviet in a certain apartment of a huge building on the nevsky and in the Ni Samuk School of Engineers. The Duma was illuminated. In Smolny Institute, the Military Revolutionary Committee flashed baleful fire, pounding like an overloaded dynamo. End of chapter 6